What's up, everybody? Drake May has officially been announced the quarterback for the UNC Tar Heels. And we're going to go through all of the UN, not only UNC, but all of the ACC schools, their quarterback situation. And how can we just make sure everyone's all the ducks are in a row as we get ready for week zero? Let's do it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. We appreciate you guys for checking us out here each and every day, making us your first listen. You are We are available wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you know, being local experts, we are your team every single day. Kenton, I hope you had a great weekend. How are we feeling? Oh, I feel absolutely great. But in the words of, uh, in the words of Shannon Sharp, you know, since it's hard knock season, uh, all the fans are talking about how mean you are to me, and I, I feel like he felt with Tony Sergu. You embarrassed me on the national podcast. I need my restitution. I need my restitution for you being rude to me the last couple podcasts. But proceed. Proceed. Well, he, we're gonna go. If you feel like today is going to be any different, I just have something for you. But anyway. Oh, well, well, well. More restitution yeah. shall be paid then. Breaking news we have out of Chapel Hill. Drake May has been named the starting quarterback for the UNC Tar Heels. He will be in the first spot, QB1, followed by Jacoby Criswell, who has been the backup since Sam Howell days. And, of course, he probably assumed the role when Sam decided to take his talents to the league. It would be right there for him, but Drake May has stepped in. And, of course, Phil Longo, Mac Brown said both would be great, but we're going with Drake. Initial reactions to Drake May being QB one. Let's start there. Um, I mean, I, I don't really have too much of a reaction. I think that both quarterbacks are, are good, but they bring different things. And and uh, I I caution against giving very big and bold predictions over folks that we just honestly haven't seen a ton of. Like, do we we haven't seen a ton of either one of these guys? And how many times in college have we seen a quarterback battle start off with one guy starting the season being the number one guy? And then when live bullets get to flying, things kind of do a little spin a roof, switch a roof. So, you know, who knows how this thing will go for Drake May. Um, it, it is good to have clarity going into game one, but we'll see how this thing rolls out. And of course, with it being just a couple days before their big week zero season opener against FAMU, it was high time that Mac Brown made a selection. So for those of you who don't know Drake May, if you know the May name, it's very familiar. His father played out of Carolina, and you also have Luke May, the national champion, who hit that shot against Kentucky. All the things, all the memories, all the vibes. Sitting at 6'4", the freshman will be about 220 pounds, of course, give or take one little Chick-fil-A sandwich or the other, and he is ready to go at the helm, and he'll have, of course, that Howell tutelage before him who set all the records and pretty much became the face, arguably one of the best quarterbacks if not the best quarterback coming out of UNC that will have some big shoes to fill but he has some great starters right he has Josh Downs he's a, he has Antoine Green when he comes back you know nice and healthy he has you know some great guys to help him you know from the receiver standpoint British Brooks of course being down will be a little struggle for their running back game but Amari Hampton is certainly going to be able to fill those gaps you know as a freshman himself and I think UNC will be in a fine place but you mentioned not having film on uh, Drake May. 
having the same kind of reaction towards a Tyler Van Dyke that we did last season where he kind of came in after Derek King proved himself to not really be as healthy as we thought, it could be surprising to people, right? We could have one of those things where we're like, oh, damn, he really might be the ish. But, of course, they had to keep it going throughout camp, give us a little you know, media, let's talk about some things. But it may have been a clear favorite from the get, but you don't want to break down Jacoby's you know, hopes and dreams and all the things. So do you think that Meg could have similarities to Tyler Van Dyke? I mean, the, the reality is Tyler Van Dyke had a very good season. And by the way, as much as Miami fans say they hate me, remember when I said – once uh, Miami gets down enough against Alabama, he probably shouldn't play anymore. Derek probably shouldn't. Anyway, that's another story for another time. With that being said, um, I think that the reality here is to expect – I don't think Tyler Van Dyke had a, a world-beating year. He had a very good year. Uh, it was a world-beating year considering the situation. Is it possible that May has that same type of season? Possibly. Yeah, it could happen. It's, it's, not, it's not unheard of uh, to see a first-year quarterback come in and – and do some really good things. And um, it's, I'm again, I'm not, I have not seen this young man play to say, I don't know what, when, when Virginia tech had Braxton Burmeister starting, I said, wait a minute. I watched that boy play at Oregon. He can't hit the side of a Walmart from the parking lot. This is, he, he can't play ball. This is just not your guy. If you want to, if you're serious about winning games, I don't know good, bad, or indifferent about Drake may what it is, you know what I mean? So I am, I am, I, I am interested in seeing how this plays out for him. But again, I, is it possible that he has a Tyler Van Dyke season? Absolutely. Is it possible that he has a season that sees him getting pulled two to three games in also? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll know that Jacoby Crizzle will certainly be ready to go. He was committed to Alabama and then flipped. And that's kind of similar to Sam Howell in terms of being committed to Florida State and then ultimately going to North Carolina the same. So I think that having you know an opportunity to play at Alabama certainly says enough. He was a four-star recruit for those who love the stars and all the things. He went to Myers Park High School out of Charlotte, North Carolina. So he, I feel like... You know, he is one of the nation's best prospects. Now can he put pen to paper and make sure the stars are aligned in his favor when it comes to all said and done? It remains to be seen. But either way it goes, I think North Carolina putting themselves in a position to be successful – course you're going to get really good film on FAMU I don't if you struggle against FAMU I think it'll tell us a lot about what we need to know about this season and how we should extremely and when I say we I mean Tar Heels you know all the things should set expectations for how it's going to go again I think it's going to be a decent game going out and of course North Carolina is going to figure it out but it could be a punch in the mouth who knows we've seen teams out here Florida State Jacksonville State I'm looking at you we've seen teams come out here and you know what the bet against teams they absolutely should beat so to be completely honest, I've wished for a lot of things in life and success on the Tar Heel ain't never been one of them. So, uh, yeah, I, I go I Rattlers. Is that what you're trying to say? Hey, listen, go Rattlers, baby. Go Rattlers. Let's let's see what we got. Game one. <laughs> they, I know it's a snake. I don't know what they do. Is it rap, rap, Rattlers bite or whatever? Go with that. Go do that, Rattlers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But anywho, again, this is I, I think that they I think that it is a, a very interesting situation that a quarterback was named this late. But also, like you said. It could just be, hey, we knew he was going to be the guy all along, but we just kind of drug it out so that, you know, um, everybody wasn't preparing their defenses for um, Criswell as opposed to 
uh, may for whatever their differences may be. Well, I think what sucks about for Criswell is that he didn't have the opportunity to put his name in the transfer portal. He didn't have an opportunity to really like, you know, get through camp and say, hey, it's really not going to be my time and try and go somewhere else and make it shake. Like this is another year where you're kind of sitting behind, you know, someone else. And maybe he does have to have that come Jesus. Jace Rude did that um, when he was at Carolina when Sam was named the starter and kind of moved from there. I remember when Mac Brown first broke that story. So there was a lot of talk about the being a one two punch but it was really Sam all along so hopefully Criswell can you know of course be there ready to go as a strong backup and maybe if things don't shake for Dre he gets an opportunity to get in he could have a DJ Uyunglele year where it just is not shaking how it should and there is somebody right behind ready to take your opportunity so there's a lot to talk about there but as I mentioned DJ I do want to talk about some of the starters that we know and then some of course some people that have quarterbacks but we're not too impressed so far right now. Things could change. And then, of course, still people that we're trying to hear from in terms of their quarterback position. So we'll get into all of that here as we rock through the rest of the show. But first, I want to remind our friends who love to get into a little betting action that BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. BetOnline is the continued top online resource for all of your sports wagering info. That includes live in-game betting scores and podcasts. Head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the actions happening today. BetOnline is where the game starts. Now, if you told me that the money should be on Drake May to be the starter for uh, North Carolina, I would have definitely taken that bet because I didn't feel like Drake May – or not Drake May. I didn't feel like Jacoby Criswell was certainly going to be the starter after conversations and the way Drake's name kept popping up. But there are people that I absolutely am going to keep my money on throughout this season, and we can start with NC State. Heisman, hopeful, Devin Leary. He is one of the starters that we know is ready to have a good season, and the year is pretty much – it's his oyster to be a really good quarterback and take this team to the next level. Would you argue that he's the best quarterback in this conference? Yes, and it's not close. It's it's not particularly close. Um, if he repeats what he does next year, I don't think that any quarterback in the conference can exceed that, and not just in terms of – well, if we're talking in terms of statistics, Brendan Armstrong can exceed it because he did last year, I believe. I believe Brendan Armstrong had more passing yards and all that. But Brendan Armstrong was uh, they first, they last, they everything. So, I mean, that's a little different. But um, the reality is in terms of impact on his team, in terms of what they are doing um, and how they're, you know, shaping again, this is the reality is if I'm looking at what this team is bringing, he doesn't have to uh, go out there and, and hit a next level he's already there he's already at that he was at that level last year can you uh be that guy again i'm going to tell you if he does go to a next level if he does have in fact have another level to gain um ladies and gentlemen listeners of this show go ahead and book it right now unless somebody goes off and, and breaks every record by a mile he's gonna win the heisman if he has another level and reaches that, I, I have no doubt in my mind about that. He's going to win a Heisman as opposed to Alabama's boy. Yeah. If he, if huh. again, if we're talking about when you look at what he did last What's year, his name? Cause I don't want to call him boy. What's his name? Uh, CJ Bryce. Okay. Bryce. No, no, it's not. Oh, no, 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 no. It's uh, it's CJ Stroud. And what's Bryce's name? What is, What's his name? <laughs> I, how do I just combine two people in the one? How do I just combine two people in the one? Um, let Bryce Young. It's Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. 
Lord. Yeah. So the reality is when you look at when you look at uh what when you look at what Devin Leary did last year, it's it's no way that you can say with a straight face, oh, he he has another level to get, and that another level doesn't win a Heisman. What he did last year um was accomplishing a seven to one touchdown to interception ratio. Like that is crazy. That yeah. is absolutely nuts. What he did last year was over 3,500 yards in an offense that is not super pass happy or super upbeat. Like, let's be honest, that variation of like, for example, when we talk about Sam Hartman's numbers at Wake Forest, they ran the most plays in the nation last year. They were a very quick up-tempo offense. So that is that is part of what contributes to statistics being what they are. So when you look at him and you say, he's running in an offense that doesn't really do the whole, oh, we're going to trick him with, or we're going to wear him down with. They just say, we're going to go out there. We're going to get in the huddle. We're going to call our plays. We're going to trust you to make the right decision and get where it needs to be. If he has another level from seven to one, if he has another level from uh, 3,500 yards, that next level has to be uh, seeing him in New York at the least, at the absolute least, at, at average, I'd see that winning a Heisman. If he has another level, but if he stays where he is, this could still be a great year for NC State. Sure. We move on to Clemson and DJ Uyunglele, who we mentioned here a little bit earlier being the lead. And of course, we talk about someone who is outright team moves, lives and breathes with Devin Leary. But DJ, I feel like the team could still be great if he is just a minute at best a game manager. Like the team will be straight. The defense will be great. And he has a couple playmakers that could do just enough to not make him be the focal point of the flaws for the team. I'm going to tell you this. Remember when Trevor Lawrence uh, got Kelly Bryant's spot up off him? Caden must be amazing because the way y'all be talking about him. Oh, listen, I'm not. No, no, no. This is not. And and this is where I wanted to get at. It's not that. It's the exact opposite. I don't think DJ is the quarterback Kelly Bryant is. I don't. I don't. I don't think that he. (laughs) But here's the thing, and here's the thing. People people tend to forget how good Kelly Bryant was. When Trevor Lawrence took his spot, there were a lot of people that were like, what did Kelly Bryant do? What happened? Mm-hmm. Because Kelly Bryant didn't have bad games, and it was like, well, you got to bring in Trevor. You got to – DJ has. He's had some games where you're just like, um, young man, who – who are you? Who are you? And what have you done with this number one quarterback from a couple classes ago or from last class? What's what's happening? So um, the reality is, I I think that to me, to me personally, he's the quarterback with the most improved in ACC. He's the quarterback Ooh. with the most improved. And everybody's talking about this Dabo revenge tour and all that. Well, I'm going to tell you more than the Dabo revenge tour. This needs to be a big Cinco. You know, he need to be playing summer 16. All day, because he need to be looking for revenge. He need to be going out to prove that he is everything that they said he was, plus some, because last year I didn't see it. And, yes, at times his receivers did fail him. Yes, there was some shuffling due to injuries on the offensive line. Yes, they did not have a great running game, but that was the case for a lot of quarterbacks. You tell me, who's Brendan Armstrong's uh, leading back? Okay, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a <laughs> lot of quarterbacks in the league. You tell me, who's Malik, Cun- uh, uh, Malik Cunningham's lead back? Well, he didn't he transfer it now? 
But that's that's what I'm saying. The guys who we look at around the conference and we say Malik Cunningham is Malik Cunningham's running back. Let's keep it a band. But but that's my point. When we look around at the other guys in the conference, we're not saying, well, they have their their cast is star studded. They they just got baller on baller on ball. These quarterbacks are having to figure it out. Uh Big Cinco. <clears throat> so basically you're saying that Big Cinco needs to figure it out this season. Got yes, it. sir. Yes, Good. sir. That is that oh yes, ma'am. I apologize. Yes, okay. ma'am. He gotta figure it out. He gotta figure that thing out. And then we're speaking of Louisville, Malik Cunningham certainly is in the conversation. You've been very high on him, arguably right under a Devin Leary. He might be 1A, 1B in terms of just being a very dynamic quarterback. I think for Louisville, this is a very much a show us what you got season. I think that they have all the stars to be decent enough. But there's, of course, a lot of top heavy hitters over in the Atlantic. I'd argue this. When we're talking about the Atlantic and you're talking about whose team depends on who the most, um, it's it's probably a close battle between um, between Leary, Hartman, and Cunningham because Cunningham, he's another one that, I mean, like you said, he's not just, when you look at his rushing touchdown total, it tells you that they could run the ball with him close to the goal line. But when you actually watch the game, you see, oh, they run the ball with him everywhere. He is, you know, he is – he is the the axe to be uh, a guy who's going to be partially a workhorse in their running game as well. And so this is a, a situation where I look and I say, he's a guy that I've seen make the reads, go from one to two to three, make the throw. I've seen him when he's comfortable in the pocket, figuring it out, processing the defense, making extremely intelligent ball players. But with that being said, the question for Malik is a lot like the question for Brendan Armstrong, what is your team going to do around you? How good are they going to be to help you out? Because that that is – quarterback is the most important position in football, but it's also the most dependent. That's the only position – if the center snapped the ball wrong, if the receiver dropped the ball, if the tight end run the wrong route, if the receiver lines up and covers the tight end, now you got a legal man down for – all that type of stuff. You've got the smallest details that need to go right from everybody else for a quarterback to do their job well. A great defensive tackle, they're going to be great regardless of who fitting wrong and who doing whatever. You're going to see on film that they're still great anyway. So this is, again, Malik Cunningham is very impactful to his team, and I, I think that – I think he has another game, another level to hit. I think he's a guy that – he has another level to hit that's right there for him. Uh, but, again, I think that that's all about what is his team going to do for him in this year. It's crazy that he has another level to hit, and many are saying he is the second coming of Lamar Jackson. But people hate on him too for obvious reasons. Exactly, or maybe exactly. not obvious for those. I mean, he led the, he led the NFL in passing touchdowns. People still call him a running back. Like at the end of the day, if people call you the second coming of Lamar Jackson, that's great. But I would argue this: I would argue that Malik Cunningham has a level to hit to where he becomes instead of the second coming of Lamar, he's the first Malik. I think that he has I'm that. I'm pretty sure point. he I'm pretty sure that's how he feels. But also nobody's arguing with you. So you don't have to keep saying I would argue. Oh no, no, no I'm not I'm, we're I, in agreement. We're in when agreement. I say when I say I would argue we're in agreement. Not, see, and this is why the fans say you're rude to me. This right here. This is why the fans <laughs> say you talk to your crazy. All right. Bill Dracovic jumping into starting quarterbacks that we know are gonna have decent seasons. Of course, he has Zay Flowers. We're feeling confident about Boston College. What will that O-line look like remains to be seen. It's going to be critical for them to have a strong O-line in order for Zay to get the plays off that he wants, in order for Phil to stay healthy and get through a whole season, which is what they're going to be essential for when it comes to these Boston College Eagles trying to make a make their case throughout the Atlantic. 
I think Garwell and company are the key to that one. Uh, Zay Flowers is a baller. They've got some weapons on the outside, but the, the reality is, what it, what are they going to be in terms of taking pressure off of Phil Jacoby? Because I think that he, I've seen him, and he shows flashes of just some nasty, nasty stuff on film. He he makes plays to where you watch him on tape and you say, the arm talent is there. He can make crazy throws out of ridiculous angles on the run, all that type of stuff. The arm talent is there. The, the freakish ability is there. But the question becomes, is Phil the type of guy that can carry a team? And it's, it's not a knock if you cannot be the guy to carry a team because some guys, uh, the team has to give them some support and some help. And that's okay. That's well, you right. would say that he does carry the team because the team literally died when he did it, wasn't there? So, well, i i would I would say that they they had a very rough season, and that people like the quarterbacks that came in behind him were not serviceable. Like those quarterbacks last year for Boston College. I mean, Boston College almost beat Clemson. Like, let's let's not. And if we watch that game, well, how did they do it? It was okay. the defense and Garwood. A couple fumbles. You know, it's exactly. hard. It's hard. It, it was the defense in Garwell. That quarterback, I, I, you know, I said that uh, Burmeister couldn't hit the side of a, a super You know what? Long. You know what? Cut it. Listen, Cut they it. Could, we we got two more schools, so come on. They couldn't hit They couldn't hit an Amazon. Uh, for, they couldn't hit an Amazon fulfillment center from the truck. So did, did he? They, them boys at Boston College, those backups were just god-awful. And, and so the question is, how, how much of an improvement – Will it be the half field back? I think it'll be an immense jump forward from what they had last year because of his injury. But also you're you're counting on him coming back and being super comfortable with live bullets flying right away, which we know isn't always the case. All right. These two more quarterbacks we want to talk about here who are surefire things that we're not really worried about. Miami and Virginia. So Tyler Van Dyke, of course, being in his kind of first uh, way to go in terms of his season and his career starting. You got Brendan Armstrong, who's towards the end, the tail end, rather with Tony Elliott in the new year, but someone he feels very confident in. You also have Mario Cristobal, who's in his first year. So I think this is a good case study <laughs> for quarterback analysis or new coach arrivals, all the things that are in a prime position to kind of see how it's going to go for Miami and maybe what Virginia might need in order to keep their season successful or how they're going to have to pivot with this new co coaching staff. There it is. Cool. Both of, both of these guys are ballers. Both of these guys are ballers. No defensive buts about it. I would say that Brendan Armstrong is a tier above Tyler Van Dyke, but uh, Brendan Armstrong is a bad boy. He can do it all. That is – I remember when he came onto the scene, it was like you just saw him running the ball so much, and he was running out of power formations. He was doing all these things to which you were like, this man is like the second coming to Tim Tebow or something because he just – that was his deal. And then over time, bit by bit, his arm just got better and better and better and and now last year you see him flinging the ball all over the yard and, and doing great things without some of his top weapons and you're like okay i see you i see you brendan this is this is what i like to see and of course you're you're looking at well how will he be affected by um by bronco mendenhall leaving and you know how will elliot as a first-time head coach is one thing to be uh the the assistant guy the um offensive coordinator it's one thing to do that it's a different thing altogether when you are asked to be the the everything of the program the person who's responsible for institutional control so i i i'm interested in seeing how that works itself out 
uh, in terms of what Elliott can draw up for him. And and then when you talk about Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, this is a guy that he's he showed the flashes at multiple points in time last season. He showed flash against NC State. He showed flashes of whoop the wheels off, y'all. This is they won by three points because Devin Carter dropped the ball. Okay, let's 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 knock it off now. Let's knock it or one point actually was it thirty one? Whatever it was, they won by less than four points. But anyway, the reality is, um, he's he showed good things last year. Crystal Ball got everybody excited about this Miami team. TVD, for sure, has another level to hit. He has a level to hit to where he consistently plays his best and highest level of ball. And if he does that, if TVD does that, I I am booking it. I guarantee it. That team is going to be in a conference championship. No doubt about it. So now that we are talking about, you know, quarterbacks you don't have to worry about, it's crazy that I have to even put Wake Forest in the tier of quarterbacks where, like, they're here, but are they available? And once they're available, are they going to give us something? Are they going to make some things shake? So this is the next tier that we're going to talk about here as we're wrapping up the show. But Wake Forest, of course, Sam Hartman, we don't know for sure when he's returning. We hope that it'll only be a couple weeks. But therein lies, Wake Forest is going to have to figure it out because without him, we know that team is, you know, not the same. Still good, still decent enough, make minimal mistakes regardless, but they are not the same team without him. And I think that Mitch Griffith, I I think it's Griffith or Griffith, who is going to be stepping in on behalf of Sam is going to have to have a big time, be a big time playmaker, which no pressure, right? You're over here thinking that Sam's the guy and now you're going to have to step up. But hopefully, hopefully you can use that intensity and you can use that wanting to step up for your brother in a way that's positive and effective for the team. You can't go one for one with him. Yeah. You can't go one for one with replacing Hartman. You just you got to tell um, Mitch, hey, listen, don't turn the ball over. Put us in good positions to the game best. Game managers. Of your this is the game management section. That's it. Manage the game, baby. That's all I need. <laughs> don't me. mess it up. Don't, don't do too much. Just do your job. And it's it's unfortunate because I don't think that Wake Forest has the defense to be able to say that. To be able to say, hey, if you just manage this thing and don't lose it, we'll be all right. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. With what we saw last year, their quarterback going to have to win some ball games. So uh, we hope that whatever is going on with, with Sam Harvin gets resolved quickly and that uh, everybody's in good health and good spirits and he gets back on the field um, quickly. But with that being said, I mean, the, the reality is what the reality is, and he's not available right now. So this is a concerning quarterback situation for a team that looked like a contender in the conference. Yeah, 100%. And as we talk about our more game managers, we move on to Jeff Sims out of Georgia Tech, who, you know, not for nothing. Of course, he's having a pretty decent, you know, start at Georgia Tech. The coaching staff might not be his best set, but he has the stuff. Like, we we can't deny that Jeff Sims is a quality quarterback. It's either, like, amazing or it's poo-poo. Like, that's that's his range, honestly, in my opinion. Poor Jeff Sims. I just, you know, I feel so bad for the man. He the one of the best running backs in the nation transfers out of your school. Uh, you you have a situation where your coach his seat is hotter than fish grease in in the middle of the cookout. Like this, it's it's just so, I, I it's yeah. just so so tough for him. And you know, playing in Georgia while Georgia happens to have one of the best periods that we've seen from them, right? Like this isn't Mark Rick's Georgia, no offense to Mark Rick, but this is not a Georgia team that we're talking about is struggling to win the big game. So naturally you're already at a deficit in terms of in-state recruiting. And then you get that on top of it. And, and now you, you know, you just, I, I'm rooting for Jeff Sims. I am. 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him, but it just it it always seems to be something in the way there. And and so you know, I I'm I'm intrigued to see how this season plays out for him, but I'm worried. Alexa, play weary by Solange. Please, I'm, <laughs> I'm weary of what's going to happen to him this year. Yeah, a thousand percent. We move on to Florida State, who has Jordan Travis, of course, who also is a very good quarterback. Nobody's ever taken that away from him, but he is going to have to have a very much a breakout season for us to feel like Florida State is back into these top conversations when it comes to just the Atlantic or even in the conference. So we're looking for him to not only be great with his legs, but also much better with his arms. We're looking at a situation, you take me from one poor me situation to another one. I mean, Christ, hey, it's, you know, it it doesn't get much rougher than what we're seeing, what we've seen out of Florida State recently in terms of losing to Jacksonville State and, you know, through 21 games, um, uh, through 21 games, their head, their current head coach has a worse record than Willie Taggart. Like that's that's the reality of what Jordan Travis is in right now. And I'm going to tell you this, it's going to take a Herculean effort to, to get them out of this. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Florida State fans are hoping that the muses are singing in dope because uh, they, they're going to need him to show up. For those of you who don't understand the reference, go watch Hercules on Disney+. Plus. But anyway, <laughs> um, for the, the reality is that Jordan Travis is going to have to take He's there are certain quarterbacks that if they take the next step, it'd be great. But if they were what they were last year, you can live with that. Jordan Travis is going to have to. He's going to have to level up in order for this uh, team to be what they what what folks are suspecting or what folks believe they're going to be in Tallahassee, at least a thousand percent. And then the final one who is extreme game manager, like hate it for you. Garrett Schrader out of Syracuse. My my guy, we just need you to just do enough, you know. Just, just enough. Is he? Is he managing the game? Is he really? <laughs> is he really? I, I like, tried. I tried. His job is I to tried. professionally hand that ball off to Tucker and get out the way. That's his job. His job is to here. You go, Tuck. Go ahead. Go get him, boy. Go get him, mommy, mommy. No, but seriously, um, I we joke a lot about Dino Babers being on the hottest of hot seats, and I mean, you know, his seat is burn your finger to the touch type hot. And with that being said, um. Garrett Schrader is a big part of that. Let's just be honest, right? Like, like their defenses produce a lot more turnovers than you would expect from Syracuse, but they always do. Their defenses always find a way to generate turnovers. Offensively, they have to find a quarterback that can get the job done. Last time they now, had Now, in his defense, they have had a new offensive system every year he's been there. Absolutely. In his defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. But last time they had a good quarterback, that's when they won. What was it? Eight or ten games or whatever? Ten games. That, that's what it was. Uh, quarterbacks, the, the call is on you. The, pick up the phone, Garrett. You got to answer the call, baby. If not, don't worry about it. You're going to go ahead and get a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach and a new defensive coordinator. Everybody going to be new the year after that. Yes, and as we talk about UNC, we talked about Drake May being the starting quarterback. New quarterbacks being named for out of Virginia Tech, Grant Wells, who, of course, 6'2", ready to do his thing, 208 pounds. He has been having an exceptional camp. He was in competition with Jason Brown over there in Blacksburg. And, of of course, Coach Pry is ready to go with his on-field decision in terms of picking him. So that's pretty much the breaking news there. Guys that were still waiting, though, conversations duke football between jordan moore and riley leonard it still remains to be seen and we have not heard that announcement yet as we're recording the show 
also for Pitt between Nick Patty and Keaton Slovis, which is really weird that they're still having this to the upteenth hour, who's going to be the starting quarterback over there. Cause why do you bring Slovis here if you're not going to make him the starter? But I get giving Nick a shot. He did it. He tried his thing. We don't say he did his thing. I mean, he tried his thing at Michigan state bowl game, but you know, ultimately I think it's going to be Keaton when it's all said that's similar to how Drake kind of got the spot when we, we knew, but we couldn't announce. I hope that I, I hope and I pray that Narduzzi is playing and being a media wizard and getting everybody all riled up. Cause if not, Alexa, play deads because them boys <laughs> from Pitt are in trouble. Them boys are in trouble. The rest of these quarterbacks, I mean, you know, I say the same thing about them that I do about um, about May. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. And with that, there is the promise of this. There's always one or two guys every year that break out that nobody saw coming, except the local reporters, which. You know, I mean, somebody called Devin Leary being great last year. But anyway, um, there's always one or two who are going to be the guys this year. Could we see some out of this group? I think so. I think it's possible. At Virginia Tech, quarterback play was their hamstring last season, last couple of seasons, really. I was That was what kept them a little hamstrung. And so uh, moving forward, if you're looking at um, new coach, new system, uh, you have a, a quarterback, you have new quarterbacks coming in. And again, you cannot get worse than what we saw out of Braxton Burmeister last yeah. year. So what you have to get better from He there. wasn't you, terrible. Come on now. Okay. All right. We don't have time. We don't have time to have the bird. It gets, the so the base. with okay. that being said, you know what I mean? There, there is y'all. It's, it's hard to go worse than that. So we'll see what Virginia Tech has and what these quarterbacks have. No doubt about it, guys. Make sure you come back next week as we talk more with Kenton Gibbs. We are going to be week one fully ready for some conversations. We're going to recap week zero. So you've got Florida State playing Duquesne and you also have Carolina playing FAMU. Some great recap episodes on the way there, but the season is here. Like there is not going to be no football from now until the new year. So that's exciting for us. It's exciting to have you guys watch us, follow us, all the good things. Make sure you follow Kenton at TGIF underscore Kenton. Make sure you follow Locked On Wolf. Wolf pack podcast say that three times fast you can follow locked on acc on twitter you can also follow at candace cooper me personally we read your comments we respond as we should keep it positive keep it light leave us five stars all the things that we love to see for candace cooper and kenton gibbs until next